Transcending the Veil. So thank you very much, Elaine, for volunteering to do this interview for our podcast. That's all right. So what I would love to do is have a short talk with you and then hopefully have a, a question and answer session with um, yeah, your guide, Jonathan. Yeah, that's fine. Do you want him to come through now? Or? Yes, that would be lovely. Good morning, sir. Good morning. I am pleased to connect with you today. Thank you. Likewise. I understand that you want to ask me a few questions. Yes, please, if possible. You may go ahead. Thank you very much. So I am very curious on the human experience. So to understand better spirit, um, could you explain from your point of, from spirit's point of view, how thinking works where your consciousness is at the moment. So you mean where I am? Yes. Yes. Well, being a consciousness is being of a similarity, so to speak. So when you are thinking, you are thinking of something and, and thinking of being present there, perhaps in your thoughts. But your physical body keeps you grounded in one place because it is of physicality, it is of flesh. And so when you become the thought on its own, the thought can travel anywhere to what it thinks about, you see. So if, if I was to think about something, I could bilocate and be elsewhere. I could be anywhere and everywhere because whatever you think of is what you are present in. So you become the present moment, the present thought, because you are the thought, you are the consciousness. So whatever that consciousness is going to conjure up in, in one's vision will be where it is. So if you ask me to come here and then Elaine connects with me and then I will see the vision and see the thought and be present. But if I wanted to be elsewhere, for instance, if I wanted to ride my horse beauty, then, uh, then I would immediately think of that and I could be there at the same time you see so there could be many different visions going through the consciousness and, and we would be there as a bilocation all right so in terms of like from the human perspective we think that our brain is doing the thinking for us um, and this might not be true so from spirit's point of view, how does how does thinking work, or does it work in the same way as you just explained in a human body? Because we have our brains and we have the neurons that apparently are, according to science today, is responsible for our ability to think. But we also have those neurons in other body parts, like in the gut and in the heart. So where does thinking actually start? Well, you, you've got the soul, haven't you? And the soul is the consciousness. That is it. And, and then, of course, when the soul is residing in the, the physical being, it is the consciousness. It is the thought. And if you've got a physical body, the soul, the consciousness, attaches itself to that physical brain. It is inside of the physical brain. So it 
literally lights it up and, and causes a firing of the neurons to be able to create the consciousness thought. So you see this, the soul is the consciousness, the soul is the thought. But you have an ego attachment to that thought, and, and that is more of an earthly concept of, of looking at thought from a perspective of if you were going to doubt yourself, something of that nature, which is natural human reaction to something uh, that you are wondering about, so to speak, or that you are doubting yourself. Over. So, so therefore, the consciousness connects to the physical brain and the two coincide together and work together. But it is the consciousness that lights it up, because without that consciousness, the brain would be brain dead, so to speak. So it is the soul that is keeping that brain alive, but you're, of course you're feeding it the physical side of it, food, to keep it alive, of course. Naturally, one would need to eat to keep a physical body going, and one would need to eat the right food for, in order for this uh, physical side of the brain to work properly and connect with that soul part. But you're always going to be able to think because the soul is always going to be alive. It, it never dies. It lives on after physical death. So you see that the brain, the physicality of the brain connects with the consciousness of the soul. And that is how thought is created. All right. And talking about the ego, coming back to the ego that you also mentioned, um, where does the ego reside and, and what part does ego play in, in, in the human experience, uh, according to spirit? Well, the, the ego is an earthly thing. Of course, it is within the consciousness, it is within the thought. And, and that is the part that you learn from. You learn from the ego. So you're deliberately given an ego within the physical world. There is no ego in spirit. And you lose that when you pass the spirit world. But the ego is to teach you things. It is part of your makeup of your personality, so to speak. But it is part of what causes you to doubt or to to wonder why or to ask questions or to have feelings of perhaps uh, sadness, anger and, and elation, whatever you want to feel or experience in this life. But of course, when another doubts you, your ego comes into it and you think, well, why? Just start to question that. So therefore, the ego is there for the lesson learner, so to speak. Okay. Interesting. Getting back to the the soul connection to the body and my understanding of this experience that I'm having right now with you as a consciousness talking through Elaine as a medium. Um, I'm familiar with the term voice box. Could you would you like to explain how the voice box works from your perspective? From my perspective, the the voice is an energy. Of course, there is the physicality of it, isn't there? there there's the voice box is a physical part of the body that uh, creates a sound to create a word or a, a, a noise, so to speak. But when I connect to Elaine's body, it is not the body I connect to. I connect to her consciousness, which is that of her higher self. So therefore, I am connecting to her higher self, and, and that higher self steps back and goes into a state of hypnosis. And therefore, I step into the aura, and I manipulate the aura. And so therefore, the voice box energy center is then opened. And so I am able to impress my consciousness onto that 
voice box and, and create a tone of sorts so that then the energy from that comes out as a physical voice. So I hope that that explains it as in a great simplification for you. It, it does. And, and for people who are like myself, who want to explore this kind of phenomena myself and helping others um, with, with this kind of work, um, what is what is the um, good practice or best practice how as humans how how can we enhance that connection with spirit and going into trance what would be the first steps well the first steps would be to to trust and the humans again where that ego is concerned that is the the teacher of sorts that you would take time to learn to trust because you have to be part of it, you see. Because if if we're going to be taking part in trance mediumship, there has to be a medium present, there has to be a human voice present for us to impress our consciousness onto. So therefore, it requires great trust and dedication, not only trust in us and the universe and the heavens, but trust in yourselves. That's who you doubt yourself, you see, because you sit there and you say, well, surely it's going to be me. Surely it's me thinking all of this. Surely it's a, an altered ego. Well, you know that if you feel right with it, that it isn't an altered ego, that it isn't you, but you are part of the equation because we are working together, two consciousnesses as one. So meditation is good for that. You see, when you are meditating, you're quietening your mind, and, and you're not forcing any thoughts, you're just allowing your mind to do what it wants to do. Well, that is an actual form of self-hypnosis. It's, it's a very light state of hypnosis, and it's a self-hypnosis. Well, when you go into trance, depending on what uh, state of mind that you go into, there are many states of mind within trance. There is the lighter state of mind with the trance, where it is inspirational speaking. There is there is a slightly deeper state, which is Elaine is in, where, you know, things can be heard, but things may be forgotten about in small amounts. And there is the very deep state of trance, which is what those physical mediums and on occasion trance mediums will experience. And that is where the consciousness completely steps aside. And, and perhaps the, the higher mind will take them on a nice journey while the spirit works through them. And then there is not particularly any interference. But one might say that if you trust enough, there isn't interference anyway, whether you can hear or not. And so going into that state of mind is something that you learn to trust, you, you learn to let go. So the best way to practice is through quietening of the mind of meditation. And then when you eventually come to join in with the trials and to start to develop the ability, which is that which you already have, that you have come to this earth with, but you have just a little amnesia about it, but you begin to trust, you begin to let go, because you know what it feels like to be in that state of mind. Well, some people, when they first go into trance, they experience a little bit of a racing of the heart. Well, we're not here to damage your heart, of course, but it is the physical side of you getting used to something that is so, sort of seen as a little bit strange. And so therefore it has no, the energy that is drawing close to you with the spirit has that uh, an effect. 
but it is not going to cause any problems with your heart. Of course it isn't. It soon uh, starts to fade and you become accustomed to this feeling and of the, the brain, the mind becomes accustomed to this feeling and lets go. So with different people, it will take different amounts of time. So if one was to develop far quicker and the other one would look and say, well, why aren't I? You may have to wait because the guide is going to get used to stepping into a, a more densified, heavy energy and learning how to speak through it themselves is not always easy. So one may take a little longer. They may work a little differently. So you know that you are, no two trance mediums are the same. <laughs> so I would say that one that is learning rather quickly and the other one takes longer, do not worry about it. It does not mean to say that you're not, not any good. What it means to say is just take your time and enjoy the journey. <laughs> Lovely. Um, getting back to the trust part, I think this for me is, you know, hits the hits the mark, hits the point here because living a human life, going through all the human experiences and seeing, observing some people are uh, fake, like they're faking this trance state, and so it's it's for me kind of difficult to still although i've been on this journey for a long time i feel i still feel my connection to spirit is weak it is because of my uh, lack of trust so how how does the spirit guides help us gain that trust or and are spirit guides able to push us into certain experiences or yeah push us into these uh let's call it out of our comfort zones states so could could you please please explain that well i i think that if you know if you're not ready to do it straight away then do practice meditation because then you will be in your comfort zone after a while because you know that yourself can trust yourself and, and when you are sitting with a group or alone meditating, then you, you can trust yourself because your own mind will conjure up these, these thoughts and nice places that it will take you to. But if you are asking a spirit to connect with you, it's, it becomes a little bit of a different story, doesn't it? Although you are in that sort of uh, hypnagogic state of mind, then, then the spirit is only ever going to step into the aura and work with that. So there's absolutely nothing to fear, you see. There's nothing to fear because we're not going to possess you or overcome you. You see, it's it's got to be comfortable with the person that is sitting for that experience. And there has to be a, a trust-based thing, which we do understand can sometimes take many years because you have got so used to living in the, the ego world and that we are in the spirit world where there is no lack of trust. But we understand your situation. And we take our time with you, we'll be gentle with you. We do not want to uh, force anything upon you. Right. And this leads me to my next question about synchronicities. What we in human life refer to as synchronicities or yeah, realizing that this yeah. is this has been planned. Could you touch upon one from spirit's perspective, what synchronicities are, please? Well, a synchronicity is something that you 
I, I would say that you bump into something that you didn't expect to bump into, but it turns out to be uh, fitting and, and perfectly right for that instant at that moment in time. So the soul, before it comes to the physical earth, plans the journey, the whole of it, the twists, the turns of life, the, the uh, seen as misgivings or uh, bad decisions are all synchronized. Everything in your world, every single last detail, every blade of grass, every tree, every movement of everything, every energy and consciousness within everything is all synchronicity because it all fits, you see. But when, when you see a sign from spirit or they give you a sign and you suddenly bump into it and you weren't expecting it, that's synchronization too, isn't it? Synchronization is something that is in the movement of the same time. So if two people dance together beautifully, they're synchronizing and they dance because they're fitting so perfectly, moving so perfectly. And they have learned to trust in one another for that dance to take place and for that movement to be beautifully fitting. And so when one is being synchronized with something or having a synchronization of numbers, times, places, signs from spirit, that is all synchronicity. And, and usually, you, you know, some of it you know about because you expect it to be there because it is. But some of these synchronicities, you don't. You see, you may meet someone out of the blue and it turns out to be perfectly right at the perfect time and it turns out to be the way that you or they wanted it to be. Because the soul has planned every detail. So that is why everything is synchronicity. Everything on your earth that grows or has a, a consciousness or a life within it that is also synchronicity. You see? Right. Um, could we touch upon also the free will? My understanding from last time we spoke uh, with, with spirit yeah. is that the soul has free will. And my understanding yeah. was that, that humans don't. Um, could you elaborate please on, on that aspect? Well, yes, because you, you are always going to be the consciousness within the physicality. The physicality, you see, is just the temple that your soul resides in for the time that it is here to learn. And of course, you make all of your decisions, all of your plans in the spirit world, and you are free to have whatever life that you require for this learning. And you may pick a particularly arduous life. You may pick a a particularly a wealthy life or whatever you wish to learn from. And all of the souls that are connected with you in the heavens, synchronicity once again, isn't it? They all have that plan that will adjoin with yours. So, for instance, if something was to be synchronized, the mother would plan to have the baby, the baby, the soul would come to the earth, and that baby's mother, the two souls would be connected. You see, so all of the souls plan their journeys together so that they're all perfectly mapped out for the life, for the learning, for their learning, for your learning. So you're all learning off of each other. You're all planning the journey together. It's so wonderfully interwoven. Each soul has a plan. And even when it leaves the earth, it is still part of that person's life. It is still part of the plan that they may help each other 
and one may be in the spirit world, the other may be left upon the earth, they will help each other. That's part of the story that they planned in the first place. So free will is created in heaven, but the soul comes to live out the journey, but you just have an amnesia and you forget about what you had planned, because if you knew everything that you had planned in your life, there would be no adventure. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you knew everything every day, what was going to happen, you you were coming up for some sort of trauma in your life, you would be very fearful and it wouldn't be fair to you. So you see, you're given that amnesia and then you are given the gift of piecing your life back together again like a puzzle. All right. So the, the human thinks that it's got the free will. It's not imprisoned in thought. But the changes of mind have already been preconceived by the soul, you see. So you've still got your free will because the soul is having the free will that is living inside of you. Now, you see, you are the soul. You are the life. You are the free will. You're, you're living your free will. But people would say, well, how can suffering be free will, Jonathan? Well, your soul chose it for the greater purpose, for the greater good, so that others may learn something from it, or your soul may come to the earth with a, a disability. But if you look into a person's eyes that is severely disabled, they don't give judgment. And, and of course, they are not particularly perfect in human form. They will have their off days like anyone else. But look into their eyes. You will see so much love. That is... a. Uh, the soul that has come here to teach you about unconditional love and to look beyond the physical and to see the soul within looking back at you, telling you that it is not disabled in the way of consciousness, only in the physicality. Right. Thank you. So I hope that I may be a little flippant and go on to other subjects, but they are subjects that are connected to the original subject, the original question. Yes, yeah. I'm also thinking of um, a practice that we call law of attraction and manifesting our desires in, in this physical reality. From spirit's perspective, and, and there are certain methods, visualization and yes. um, being grateful as part of it. From spirit's perspective, how do we attract uh, what we desire in the most easiest way, using our minds, for instance. Well, if, if the soul has planned to live it out, then it will. You know, whatever is to be will be, so to speak. So if the soul has planned to have something of the nature of the, the wanton that the person is looking for, then it will happen. If it is not meant to happen, then it won't. And the person will say, well, what I have... Uh, try to manifest and desire isn't happening, you see, because that is because the soul didn't plan it. It may have planned a, a different direction. So then again, another desire may come up and it may happen. You see, it will happen. So therefore, the, that means that the soul has planned that desire and has sort of remembered how to start planning that desire, connecting to the higher self again and, and letting it see a vision of desire. And so therefore, if it is mapped out, it will be lived out. It's just that you, again, that the amnesia is given to you so that you can redress the situation, so to speak, and, and say, well, look at that. That's an exciting journey. If you already knew it, so to speak, every day, you, it wouldn't be exciting for you to have no discovery. Mm -hmm. 
So now you can see the reason why this, this amnesia of, of the, the life comes in, because you are left to rediscover it. You are left to have that excitement of planning what you think will be, but the soul already knows it. Okay. Interesting. Yes, certainly is. Mm, so the level of consciousness I am talking to right now, I am consciousness talking through a physical body with another physical entity called Elaine, and all of us are spirit souls. Uh, and I'm talking to you, you identify as Jonathan. Um, would it be possible to reach a broader consciousness like... Uh, let's say the the angelic realm or our our guardian angels and and from that perspective gain more information about the human experience how, yes. how does that work i am elaine's guardian angel genevieve hello genevieve always with you so out of your life we are allocated to you before you are born we do not interfere with your life unless we have been planned to interfere with it for you to learn something from it. But we stay with you beside you all of your lives and we never leave you. Mm -hmm. That's really nice. That's that's very comforting to know. Yes. And when you are ready to go home, we take you there. Thank you. I have a question about sacred plant medicines that we in human form call psychedelics. Yes. So when we take psychedelics, uh, for me, the purpose is to strengthen my connection with spirit and, and getting rid of the amnesia, basically. From spirit's point of view, how does psychedelics look when when we as humans take it? How what What kind of reality are we reaching using for instance dmt or psilocybin mushrooms yes you are reaching the astral realms of your mind you see you you are literally opening up your what you call there on earth the third eye the pineal gland and and so therefore you are connecting deeply to your soul you're talking to your soul you're listening to it you become it you are it and so, therefore, you forget about the ego. That is undressed, so to speak, and left aside. And it is all ready to come back to when you need it, like a, a jacket that you want to put on again. You take it off. But when you take that piece of human ego clothing off, the true you comes alive. It is alive, and it is showing you that it is alive, and it is showing you that it is limitless. So you forget about the body for a bit, and you have mostly an out-of-body experience. And an out-of-body experience, then, then you could be anywhere and everywhere, because that is what the consciousness is. It is freedom. And so therefore, the experience will take you to, to many of the astral realms for you to experience such wonderful things. So you don't die and come to heaven, but you could see visions of heaven within the astral realm. You could see visions of your spirit guides, you know, loved ones within the astral realm. So you see, you go there and you become this freedom. You become this, this consciousness that can connect with all of these spaces within the astral realm. 
could you explain the different realms that you mentioned the astral realm is is that you know yes. the next level of consciousness for us humans it, and, and... It, is, it is the 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 higher state of consciousness has what you call an umbilical cord so to speak that is attached to the physical being that is what they call the silver cord isn't it and once that is detached from the physical body that means that the soul is going back home to heaven but all the while that physical cord that silver cord is attached like an umbilical cord to the soul and to the being then life prevails it's still you are still able to enter back into your body and live the life that you plan to live but you may have planned to have this psychedelic experience you are calling it but it is the the open-minded uh, soul that is uh, allowing you to to experience the true self which is the soul connection and that is what it is you see it, it causes you to have such a beautiful experience that the ego mind and the logic state of mind keeps you grounded here so you forget about it. Uh, so there are so many things that could give you beautiful, wonderful experiences which the human mind has discovered over time. And I would say that, you know, sometimes it, you don't always have a nice experience. You may have a, an awful experience that your soul it, it is saying, well, you know, here it is. We are in the astral realms. And, and maybe there is a trauma here that you haven't dealt with mm -hmm. in physical life, you see, or previous lives. And it will show you that, but it may seem a little bit uh, horrifying to you, but it's, it cannot harm you because it is only a consciousness thought, you see. And it's showing you that in the astral realms. But when you go to sleep, most of you will have lucid dreams at some point in your life. Some of you have it quite often. Some of you are able to control your dreams. And so you will quite often enter into the astral realm in sleep state because your consciousness moves aside in sleep state. Your body becomes paralyzed, so to speak, so you don't act out your dreams. And, and therefore, you, you enter into that astral realm. You may see people in your dreams that you've never seen before. They may be reflections of yourself, or they may be souls that come to see you in your dream state. They may come to teach you something symbolically. You may meet your loved ones in the astral realm during sleep state. But you see, when you take a, a psychedelic medicine, you know, it's, it's far more profound, isn't it? It's... Uh, it becomes even more alive. It's not to say that one should uh, have too much encouragement to take it too often, because you will become reliant on it, and you will not use your your own uh, mind to step this, this ego aside so that you can have a wonderful experience without those things. But the mind has self-doubt, you see. And when you when you take these uh, these medicines, it kicks the ego aside, whereas if you're trying to achieve it yourself sometimes the ego gets in the way of that because it has fear it has fear what if i don't get back into my body what if this happens what if that happens and in the end you're you're thwarting the experience so it, it becomes something of a, a an ego trap so to speak but if you practice it enough you could all experience it mm -hmm. okay Um, now I lost my, my line of thought. Um, <laughs> you were, you were melting yourself into what I was saying. 
I'm, uh, it's, it's very profound what, what you're saying. Um, could we touch upon the traumas because plant medicine have been used for helping people get rid of their trauma? So from spirit's perspective, um, getting rid of or accepting their trauma, how, how does that work from consciousness level? Well, when you get rid of these traumas, you are peeling away the layers of lifetimes of distraughtness that one has not overcome in that particular lifetime. They have held on to it. So they will carry it forward into the next lifetime to try and overcome it in that next lifetime. It may be in a, a different situation or it may be a memory that you have brought into this life with you that you are frightened of something. So you haven't overcome that fear. You see what it is that you're afraid of. You may have had a trauma in this life that you need to overcome. So from our point of view, each time you express yourself in this life or you let go of a fear, then you are peeling away the layers of, of all traumas, all memories. There are, there are other ways that you could do it. If you wanted to have a, a past life experience where you go to a past life regressionist, you might want to overcome it that way. But therefore, you know, when you're going into that state of mind, you're not always deeply relaxed enough, some of you, to let the ego step aside so that it can be done. Whereas others may enjoy the experience and let go enough for them to, to see what has happened in the previous life and how they're going to overcome it. So anything can be overcome because it, it, is, uh, it is somewhat in this life seen as being conjured in the mind, but it may be past life fears that you've brought in with you, or it may be traumas that you've been through that cause the thought. Or it may be even what you are eating, you see, because sometimes, you know, these additives that they put in the food, or if you haven't got enough gut balance, then that can create anxieties and fears. Or if you're having hormonal changes, that can create some sort of anxieties and fears. But still, they can be let go of. Should you eat right and think right, you can let go of these things. But, you know, I'm talking more of this life experience, but if you have past life experience, or you, if you have been in the mother's womb and she has feared something, it can carry through to you. Or if she has feared something in the life, or the father has feared something, the child may hear it and it goes into their mind, and therefore it comes out as a fear in them as well. Okay. Is there any particular method or technique you can recommend for understanding the traumas and accepting them? Well, you know, in, in certain traumas where you feel that you cannot forgive yourself, forgive yourself because you're human. Forgiveness is the greatest love of all. And, and if you have fears, tell yourself, what am I fearing? Am I in, in any imminent danger at this present time? No, I'm not. So what have I got to fear? And can I see past what is going to happen? So for instance, if a person has uh, a fear of water, you see, am I going to drown it? Am I going to visualize that I'm going to drown in it? Am I going to bring this thought to the fore and make it reality? No, I'm not going to fear it. I'm going to overcome it, get into the water, and then I'm going to be absolutely fine. So you see, if the person had had uh, an experience of trauma with water in this life, it could carry the fear through this life. Or if they had drowned, perhaps, in a previous life, that thought 
that soul connection of that thought, that previous life, will be carried into this life to be overcome. So they may fear something and wonder why they fear it. And then when they get the final answer to it, they realize that it was a previous life fear that they carried into this life, and there was no need to hang on to it, so they will overcome it. So how come we have the concept of amnesia, forgetting our connection, our true self, but we have trauma that might be um, you know, coming from previous lifetimes? How how is how is how does that work? It is it is peeling away the layers, isn't it, through each lifetime. You come into this lifetime and you say, Well, I, I'm going to have a past life regression, or I'm going to let my fear go and, and perhaps through meditation or relaxation techniques, or through this past life regression. But nevertheless, if you had planned to overcome it, you will overcome it. And planned mean the, the soul has planned it beforehand yes all right soul plans literally everything so it's it, ridiculous to plan something awful but some you know the out of the negative comes a positive okay well i will give you one example for instance somebody may lose a person in life and they may be perhaps uh, somebody's uh, son pass or daughter will pass or pet will pass for example and and all of a sudden they began to connect with their person that had passed and they would say well you know i have a plan with you i have passed over but we still have a plan we still have the life connection together but i am on the other side and and so therefore i i will uh write with you, or I will connect with you, or I will teach from uh, the people from my side of the heavens through you. So you see, the journey is continuing. And there again, even though they are on the other side, they are still connecting. So the trauma becomes somewhat lessened because they realize that the journey is continuing. And they say to themselves, well, if I hadn't have gone through this trauma of my uh, person, the family passing, how would I be where I am today when it comes to them connecting with me and if I am teaching other people through this person that I love that has passed over to the spirit world? So it continues on. And so that, that trauma becomes lessened because they are connecting with their loved one and allowing it to become part of their journey and that soul's journey. And at the same time, giving lesson learnings to people on the earth their journey see how you're all connected okay <clears throat> i may delve away from the subject a little bit but it still comes back to the same subject so if you are understanding that i i do i do yes it is just an example of how how life goes on i want to touch upon and thank you by the way i want to touch upon a new topic um since we are souls we are um energy inside a human body uh we know physically we have uh, we might have parasites in our bodies that can yeah. can you know make things worse for us our experiences as humans um on on an energetic level uh, it's my understanding that there might be energetic parasites as well um 
coming from, let's say, if we have uh, uh, spirit attachments from drunk people uh, yes. or something like that, how to get rid of that and how to, first of all, observe that they are there and how to get rid of them? What What is your perspective uh, from spirit? Well, <clears throat> I think that the way you think is the way you become. So if you try so much to think about positive in this life and be a positive person, you will only attract positive to you. And so therefore, uh, a spirit attachment cannot attach, if it, if, if it is negative, it cannot attach itself to that positive thought because it cannot simply get through that. But the, if the person is depressed, perhaps, then it could attach itself to that. You see? So, it, you know, they, it is thoughts of living things and because you become the thought, because you become the problem that you are not accepting that you're passed over, you're, you've got anger there, the soul is still a soul. It's, it, it is still progressing in the spirit world as well as in life, but in a different way. And if that soul has non-acceptance or it has carried itself over with anger and it does not desire to, to go to the spirit world, it may still be having this resentment so attaches so to someone so that it can express itself through that person and, and make them feel the same way as what they're feeling so they're impressing their consciousness their thoughts of life onto that being and it is expressed through that person so again it's not in the, the, the possession it is that guy drawing close that soul drawing close to that aura do forgive me mentioning guides. Of course, you wouldn't have a negative guide, but I would say to you that I'm so used to speaking about guides, so that is there. But I would say that always have positive thought, ground yourself, pray and protect yourself, and do things the right way in the light. Then you will avoid this sort of thing. For instance, people put themselves into situations where they're going into haunted buildings, and they may have... Uh, negativity within there, they are placing themselves at risk. But of course, if, if they go in there with a mind that is so strong, so so positive, then nothing is going to happen. So nine times out of 10, they, they won't get anything. But there again, there is still protection that you need to put around yourself. Because everything is an energy. And it's absolute continuation of of consciousness so because the consciousness is still alive when they have left the body they can still impress that consciousness onto consciousnesses living within the physicality see that's how it works mm -hmm. all right i wanted to explore more about these um what i like to call energetic parasites or attachments um so what i understand from from what you're saying is that it can only happen if you resonate at a certain low vibration like you attract it yourself because of your vibration is that correct well particularly if, if the person has a a lot on their mind in life 
and, and they are not uh, particularly happy, or they are particularly vulnerable in certain situations. So, for instance, some people that uh, sit within a group and they are open and vulnerable, and then another person comes to sit with them and they have that attachment with them, then because that person is open and vulnerable, it can happen. So it is a possibility, it is a limited possibility, because it is only on very much an occasion. And the person can sort that out by consulting someone who will help them to remove that negativity so that therefore they can get back to enjoying their lives again. And they have learned something from it. They have learned how to protect themselves and be the light. They have learned to be a more positive person, have a more positive outlook on life. So therefore, nothing of the negative nature will attach themselves to that. Okay. So living in in a world currently where we have a lot of turmoil, we have financial crisis in, in some countries and a lot of what we call or see as bad things are happening. Staying positive might be a very difficult task for for some of us. Um even though our positive minds can you know take us this far but it's like the ostrich putting its head in the sand and perhaps just disregarding all the bad stuff that is going on or not being able to make decisions uh, uh, consciously um, so thinking positively is a good tool but also you know being aware of what's going on in in our everyday life in our community politically and, and stuff like that how does that you know work with a positive mindset because i don't see it i see it as a good tool being positive of course well yes if you, if you don't uh, attach yourself to that too much then it won't become a part of you there are souls that have come here on the journey and they want to be the the uh, warlords so to speak and, and and they will help bring truth and justice to your people of the earth uh, they will help them through into a, a stronger mindset, into a greater determination of freedom and righteousness. They will do that in time. And, and so therefore, these brave souls have chosen to get themselves in the midst of it, in the negativity that they're delving into to find out the truth. And of course, sometimes they will need a break to come away from that so that they don't attach themselves to the negative thought. They somewhat learn how to attach themselves to the thought that, yes, this will work. You see, we will come out of the other side, and yes, we will be absolutely fine. We will live on as we always have done for centuries. And But then justice will be served, and of course, therefore, we are an even happier bunch of people because it has become a success, and we have seen it that way, so we've kept our minds in the positive. But there are those that allow themselves to be brought down by these things. They overthink and overanalyze the situation and become depressed about it and fearful of it. Well, you know, life is still going to go on no matter what they do. I would say the souls that have chosen to go to the other side through uh, truth uh, being uh, realigning everything, then they have chosen to go that way. And several of them may have chosen to go that way. But there is a greater purpose because through what happens to them, truth will come about. I know that it is not a very pleasant thing to think about, but it is reality. 
All right. My my final question uh, is um, about an upcoming ayahuasca retreat I'm going to in Sweden in a week from now. And I would really love to get more in touch with my own spirit guide and my uh, my team of helpers. Uh, and ayahuasca, as you know, is, is a psychedelic and it will put me into what you call the astral plane. Um, is there any way I can, uh, for this particular event I'm going to retreat, uh, come in closer contact with my own spirit guide? Well, if you ask him or her before you go there, before you take that experience on, then they will come to you. They will know exactly what your thoughts are. They know that there is a plan for you to meet them and they will come and be with you and let you have that experience. Perfect. So if you ask beforehand, I guarantee you, you'll meet him. Jonathan, it's been a pleasure being together with you and, and Spirit. You are um, I can see our time is running out, so I I wish to honor and respect Elaine's time as well. Well, I have enjoyed conversing with you. I wish you a wonderful experience. Thank you. God bless you. Wow.